I just wanted to thank you all for tuning back into Sonoma State's Climate Change Clapback podcast series. Um, It means so much to us to have people tuning in to our podcast because this is such a huge topic for humanity, something that's going to affect everyone. It already has affected people and... I know that my peers and I have worked so hard on our pieces to put on our series and we've worked so hard at trying to find the right words to say and the right information to put into our series. So uh, to see that people are coming in and listening, even if it's just a few, is is pretty cool. Um, I think that's the point of this this series is to just get our words out into the world and and let people know uh, what's going on and and share our expertise on the subjects that that we know about and um yeah I think it's such a cool thing that we can do so uh, my name is Kayla Sierras and I'm a Sonoma State Hutchins program third year student so I'm on track to become a teacher in the near future and I have a passion for climate change and spreading my knowledge to others and learning more for about it myself so um, my segment for for my podcast on this series is going to be covering an aspect that is affecting communities of people and their livelihoods and so many other other aspects of climate change are 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 affecting people's livelihoods um so i wanted to to cover uh a different topic too that's affecting communities of people so uh, my topic is relocation So um, if any of you haven't heard about what relocation is, um, it's just a tactic that's used to move communities of people who can no longer live in their area due to effects of climate change. So um, yeah, there's already been groups of people who have had to been moved away from their homes due to some crazy effects of climate change that are that are impacting them. so some effects that can, that can uh, cause relocation are some crazy weather patterns. So um, I don't know how many of you know that um, climate change has effect toward the weather patterns. It can cause more extreme weather. So some of that extreme weather can be hurricanes, tornadoes, uh, super intense heat or cold. So um, some of you might be familiar with what recently happened in Texas with it being incredibly cold there. Their pipes were freezing and bursting and ice were on the roads, um, so much snow, um, and it doesn't usually happen in that region. So that's some some extreme weather. Um, Another facet is uh, flooding. So things like hurricanes, sea level rise, tsunamis, um, that, that can cause flooding. And when immense flooding happens to uh, a certain community of people, as you can imagine, you know they they may have to leave their homes behind and and move somewhere else. So that's uh, something that's that's definitely been happening to people. We also have wildfires, so this goes hand in hand with um, the intense heat. This is something that I've seen more in my region of the world. Um, it gets super super hot during the summer and then we have winds picking up the brush and or trees hitting power lines due to the wind and it 
just cause some causes some crazy wildfires and uh, people have to evacuate some people's homes and and their their businesses have burnt down and they got to start all over so uh, that's definitely something that causes people to have to relocate um also some of these climate change factors are uh, people are finding that they can no longer live in their communities as long as the climate and the land is changing around them so um we can talk about what the process of relocation might look like. So unfortunately, unfortunately, the stark reality of this issue right now that um, is taking place as of 2017, so this was a few years ago, is that there is no actual fund that is dedicated solely to relocating communities due to climate change. So on the federal level, there is actually no uh, direct funding for this which is quite scary because people have already had to deal with moving due to climate change there is also no dedicated policy or framework for it so this is actually incredibly disheartening and quite scary because without the proper planning the relocation process can go wrong in many ways I mean if you think about it on a personal scale if you're a you have to move from the house that you're at right now into a different house, maybe in another state or another city. It takes some planning, right? You have to plan first to get a place to live, right? And how you're going to pay for that and how you're going to get there, how you're going to pack up your things. You know, it takes immense planning just to move from your current house to to a new home. So if you can imagine people having to move because of climate change whole communities of people uh, not having a dedicated community and actual framework to to fund this and plan it is 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 quite quite scary for those who are having to relocate so um costs we can cover uh what costs may be so to give an idea for what it can cost, um, the cost to move the Isla de Jean community in Louisiana, which uh, has only has been the only entire community to have been relocated as of 2017 uh, in in the in the United States, it costs about a hundred million dollars. That's a huge number, right? And the size of the community that lived on this island was only about 80 people. This is such a small community, right? Um, you know, that might be where I'm living. Uh, you know, I live in a suburban area where there's a bunch of houses, you know, condensed together. That might be, you know, the total people like on my street or my street and the street next to me. You know, that's, if you think about it, it's not a lot of people, right? And it costs $100 million to have these people relocated. And so to not have a dedicated... Uh, federal plan and funding for this issue is 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 horrible because um, there's going to be communities much larger larger than theirs that will likely have to be relocated in the future so um, it's definitely something our government in this country will have to jump on as soon as they can um, so next we can jump over to 
what places geographically are at risk. So uh, most of the coasts are largely at risk of relocation due to their proximity to water. So here in America, Florida, New York, New Jersey, California, Hawaii um, are just a few. There's also, you know, Washington, Oregon, um, Los Angeles in particular, as well as Miami, Florida are, are at risk because of water levels continuing to rise. So if you go back to the relocation that I just talked about in Louisiana, that was about 80 people, right? Imagine having to relocate all of Los Angeles, millions of people, all of Miami, Miami, Florida, again, millions of people. How, how would we pay for that? Right. Um, it's such, it's such a, a huge issue that, um, I think it needs to get talked about more, right? Um, it's it's a funding problem. It's a lack of pre- preparedness problem, right? And um, so, yeah, I'd like to have everyone thinking about that. So cities, um, cities like Los Angeles and Miami are packed with people, right? There are hundreds of thousands of people packed living in such a small proximity of land. Um, so we can also think about people's willingness to move, right? Um a lot of what I'm thinking about are places in our con- in in our country, which is America, where I live, and um, I it, it, I couldn't help but think about what's going on right now with the pandemic and how a lot of people in my country are handling it. Um, I don't want to become too controversial here, but we have seen thousands of Americans refuse to wear masks and follow rules put into place to combat the spread of COVID, right? I'm sure many of people are aware of this. And because we've seen this kind of resistance with something as important as an infectious disease uh, or, you know, an infectious virus that is killing people or making people incredibly sick, how do we think that People would react when they're told they're going to have to leave their homes behind and relocate. Um, These are the kinds of problems that we've already been facing in terms of climate issue already, right? A large reason for why climate change has begun to get so out of hand at this point has a lot to do with people's unwillingness to take action. Um, So I thought that's why it made me think of of COVID, the COVID-19 pandemic right now it's taking so long for our country to open back up and and go back to normal because you know people refuse to wear masks and refuse to follow uh the guidelines like you know staying at home and being with not being with groups of people so i can only imagine how people would would react if they were told they had to get up and move out of their community i i don't see the willing the willingness being there um with that notion in mind, it just seems like when the time comes for that, there's going to be a lot of talk in our country about infringement of their rights, like what we've already seen right now with the pandemic. So yeah, I just wanted to kind of um, have that in your minds too and have you thinking about that. Um, Next, I wanted to move on to what areas globally are being affected. So I talked about one place in in the United States that have that has had to move and relocate. And I also kind of briefly touched on the coasts um, that they're at risk in our country. So I wanted to touch a bit on global risk and places that are either at risk of being affected or that have already had to relocate and move due to climate change problems. Mm-hmm. 
Okay, so as far as places geographically that have been impacted, I found a few on a study that was conducted in 2019. There were eight that were identified in this study, although there are likely more. Um, these communities were at different stages in the relocation process. Many of the affected areas are of communities of low-income indigenous people many of which rely on fishing and agriculture to survive. Here are just a few of the communities. So we have Vunidogoloa, Fiji. I apologize if I did not say that correctly. Um, this community consisted of about 140 people, and they ended up exceeding their budget and timeline in, a, in terms of relocation. They moved in 2014 and approximately two kilometers away from their original location and they headed more inland because they are a coastal lo coastally located area. Some perks of their move was of course escaping the negative and dangerous effects of climate change, but they were able to receive solar panels, better school access, and overall a more positive livelihood. What became crucial for their move to be successful was the involvement of the public on making the decisions and the help of the government and local resources. So it did not say what their budget was, but they did exceed it. And again, like if we look back uh, at the community in Louisiana, they were about 80 people. Uh, but that was here in the United States. So this was a community of 140. So almost, uh, almost twice as much, uh, twice the size in community. So then we go to Washington. This is to Towola. <laughs> I... I'm sorry if I'm not pronouncing these right. Um, this was a Quinault Indian nation that is located on the coast. Again, uh, like I stated earlier, coastal regions tend to be at higher risk due to proximity of water and sea level rise. Their community consisted of about 660 people. What their experiences included was frequent flooding and chronic risk of tsunamis and major storms. The village received a grant of $700,000 from the Social and Economic Development Strategies Administration. The plan was extensive and it was about two years before they finally began clearing out the land. Um, this goes to show an aspect that I brought up earlier about the, the amount of time it takes to have a good plan. So once they did start clearing out, the plan was to move up and away from the coast a bit more. Like Fiji, extensive community input was needed. So next we move on to Kivalina, Alaska. This community in Alaska consisted of about 500 people who are part of a native Alaskan nation. Their reason for the need to relocate was due to coastal flooding, erosion, and a re repeated attempt at shoreline stabilization. This community succeeded in filing a lawsuit against the fossil fuel companies for heavily impacting the effects of climate change in their area. And this is crucial because a lot of what goes on, especially in the United States, is lack of acknowledgement 
for how much fossil fuels contribute to climate change. And if you want to learn more about uh, fossil fuels and what its effects are on climate change, I'm sure one of my peers have posted a podcast on that and you can listen in and get more of a glimpse on just how much big bi- big business in fossil fuel industry impacts. So them succeeding at filing a lawsuit is a big deal. Uh, for this community's case, there was unfortunately no funding that was contributed by the government. So a lot of the funds and plans for the movement had to be done on their own. But in 2018, the state ended up providing a limited amount of funding for a 7.7 mile evacuation road from the island to the mainland where a school was expected to be built. So I don't I wouldn't call this a success story. I don't know if others would disagree or how they would feel. But it sounds like they had been dealing with this problem for so long and they tried to seek help and the help that they got was just an evacuation road and this isn't really a proper a proper way of handling this right um if they're at risk for uh horrible things like major flooding and that could wipe out their whole community an evacuation road might not be fit for that um all those people on that one road trying to go get inland would seem pretty hectic. So we have another and final example that I included was it, it's it was in Papua New Guinea. This region is a series of six small islands that include a population of about twenty seven hundred. And the maximum elevation is only 1.3 meters above sea level. So they're pretty close to the water. They're facing problems such as flooding due to sea level rise and constant coastal erosion. So that means that uh, due to the water, it's just eroding at the land there on their island. So they're losing land. Uh, They have have devastatingly been fighting to relocate since about the 1960s but have been failing and the progress with relocation has been incredibly small up to this date so again I think this is another really sad story you know there's uh, communities all over the world that are seeking help but due to the lack of awareness of how dire their needs are we're not seeing much help so something vital that can be taken away from just these four communities is that the outcome of their struggle has varied vastly and I think many of you probably noticed this. This is why there is such a high importance toward climate change awareness in many facets of life such as having it more evenly spread on news outlets and being taught consistently and accurately in schools around the world. The types of poor action being taken toward communities that need the help is a sign that it's not that not enough people are being educated. Uh, I know that when I was in elementary school, which wasn't too long ago, but you know, ten years ago, I was in fourth grade, fifth grade. I don't remember learning anything about climate change, and I think that's 
kind of sad because at that time, you know, there were things happening and they just weren't being talked about. So, yeah, I and I think if, if the education starts young, it can bring awareness to, to children's minds and hopefully, you know, carry on into adulthood. For this next section of my podcast, I wanted to bring in my little sister, Ellie. Ellie, say hi. Hello. How old are you, Ellie? I'm 12. What grade are you in? Sixth. Sixth grade. So are you in middle school or elementary school? Um, elementary school. Okay. So I wanted to bring her on to talk to her a bit about climate change, and I wanted to see what she knows and talk about what are some possible concerns she might have or some misconceptions. So first off, how are you doing today? Uh, um, I'm doing okay. <laughs> All right. I'm glad to hear that. So I wanted to start off with getting a basis on your knowledge of climate change. So what's the first thing that comes to mind when you think of climate change? Think of like the cars and how they like affect everything and how like the icebergs are all melting and all that stuff. Okay. So branching off of that, do you remember a time being taught about climate change in school? And if you do, can you remember what it was about? Uh, I remember doing climate change in like fourth grade and you're talking about like greenhouse gas and how it affects everything and how there's like too much of it okay that's pretty good all right now so some personal concerns that you that you have do you have any like like if do you think about climate change and how it can affect you personally or have you not really thought sometimes do you do you what do you think in in terms of that like how do you think it would affect you just like because, um, like, when I get older, I know it's probably going to get worse. So, like, I'm going to have to, like, go through it more, I guess. Mm-hmm. Okay, so what things do you think are going to get worse? Like, because you say when I get older, it'll it's... probably get worse. What do you What do you think is going to get worse? How do you explain it? It's, like, I don't really know how to explain it. It's just, like. Like the greenhouse gas, greenhouse gases, maybe, or like uh, water levels and stuff like that. Yeah, Yeah, like that. Okay. Um. So what what would you do if our family suddenly had to move to a different place due to climate change? I don't know. I don't know. (laughs) Because that's um what I've been talking about in my podcast is how there's places in the world that have had to move whole communities away because of climate, of climate change, either maybe flooding issues or issues with drilling uh, fossil fuels that messes up the, the ground and makes it too soft. So, um, yeah. Do you have any, any questions about climate change? Like anything that you're not really too sure about? Not really. No? No burning questions? Not that I can think of. <laughs> okay, so um, I think that's it. Okay. I think those were all the questions that I had for you. And I thought it was pretty cool that I got to bring you in here. And now you can say you've been on a podcast. <laughs> Yay.
Yay. <laughs> <laughs> Alrighty, that's it. You want to say bye? Goodbye. <laughs>
doesn't mean having to have your own car or using your own car as often as you might already do. And finally, we should all care about people that are being relocated. This is affecting people's livelihoods, and we should all be thinking about how we would feel if we had to be relocated, right? Another reason why we should care about people relocating is because your region might be an area where people are relocated to. So that would, you know, drastically affect the way that your community is set up. You'd have a larger population. How would that affect businesses and uh, the area with housing? How would they fit more people in? And, you know, um, there's all those factors. And how, how would it affect schools? Would there be enough room in schools for the children? Would there be enough jobs for these people to work? And those should all be concerns, you know, um, especially if, if, again, you think that you're in an area where potentially in the future people might relocate to. And if you happen to be the type of per person who cares more about issues when they directly affect them, climate change is one of those issues you should care about then because there are so many facets to climate change. And as you can tell by the plethora of episodes in this series, there's surely at least one effect of climate change that will affect you. So it's incredibly important to start caring about the rapid change of our climate now before it's too late. And if you're unsure of what those other facets are, you can give my peers is um, podcasts I listen to. We, we have all kinds of different topics that we've talked about in this series. And if there's something you are, feel interested in or something you feel, well, you know, I think I'm seeing this in my community. You can listen about it and learn a little bit more. And you can even jump to uh, researching online after you listen to that and just, you know, make it make it a meaningful moment to learn. And finally, I just wanted to close my episode by saying that myself and I'm sure all of my peers in this series appreciate everyone who listens to our expertise on the topic. You know, um, I think a lot of us were kind of put out of, out of our comfort zones doing this. It feels kind of funny talking to yourself uh, to a microphone, but I also think that it's a great opportunity to get your voice out, especially right now during the pandemic when we can't all see each other face to face. I think it's such a cool thing that we can put our voices out and talk about things that are passionate to us and talk about things that we feel are important. And climate change is definitely one of those things. So, you know, I don't know how many of my other peers feel this way, but I'm sure they probably feel grateful even if they get a couple people listening. It feels like you're being heard and that people care. And I just wanted to say that also if uh, maybe by seeing these podcast series, it, it might spark you to do something creative or speak on a topic you're passionate about, even if it's not climate change. You know, we have so many options nowadays to get our voices out and make a difference. So I just wanted to say thank you so much to everyone who found this podcast and wanted to listen in. And I hope you guys stay safe and healthy and continue to learn new things every day. All right. Bye bye.